from API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Hello, I'm Jane Van Ryan at Energy Tomorrow Radio. Here's an acronym that many people might not be aware of, LNG. It stands for liquefied natural gas, which is an important energy resource in the United States. In the studio today, we have two guests who are very knowledgeable about LNG, Bill Cooper, Executive Director of the Center for Liquefied Natural Gas, and Sarah Banizak, Senior Economist at API. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bill, let's start with you. What exactly is LNG? Well, Jane, LNG is just like everyday ordinary natural gas that approximately 64 million Americans use to heat their homes and cook their food, but only in a liquid form. The natural gas is turned into a liquid, or as we would call it, liquefied, by cooling it to minus 270 degrees Fahrenheit, which shrinks its size to 600 times so that it can be safely and securely shipped and stored until needed. Now, we keep it in a liquid form by insulating it, not by pressurizing it. Then it's revaporized or turned back into natural gas and delivered to industries and businesses and consumers across America. So you say it is the, the same kind of gas that people use to cook their food and so on, but why is it necessary? to liquefy it. We liquefy it so that we can easily transport it. Natural gas in its gaseous state um, obviously is too bulky and too hard to handle in ships. So by shrinking it and liquefying it, we're able to safely transport it across the ocean instead of trying to do something that can't be done, like building a pipeline. So it is coming from foreign countries. It is coming from a, a whole host of foreign countries. Could you perhaps elaborate on that further? Yes. Natural gas is found in abundance all across the globe. And in fact, the, several countries have huge reserves of natural gas, more so than they're capable of using domestically. So that in order to monetize it or to be able to use that resource to benefit their citizens, they build what we call liquefaction plants. And these liquefaction plants shrink and liquefy the natural gas put them on ships so that we can send them to markets around the world. Those countries include Russia, Trinidad and Tobago down in the Caribbean, Algeria, Egypt, Australia, and other countries around the world uh, that are emerging as natural gas players. Is it carried in a tanker in the same way that crude oil is carried? No. It is shipped on a, on a vessel or a tanker, but those tankers are specially designed with uh, very sophisticated leak detection monitoring systems, and multi-layered protection to protect the LNG. For instance, it's double-hulled. There's six to ten feet between the outer hull and the inner hull. Then there is a very thick insulation material, then the cryogenic protective layer that protects the cargo. Sarah, I wonder if you could tell me how the United States benefits from LNG. Sure. Uh, LNG is part of our effort to have uh, affordable, secure energy for to use today and tomorrow. So we are more energy secure when we have access to a diversity of types of energy and a diversity of sources of energy. So LNG gives us access to a robust and, and broad-ranging international market for, uh, for natural gas so that we have another option. I, you know, I think that the hurricanes that happened a couple of years ago are a good example of how we benefit from LNG because uh, what happened in the wake of the hurricanes was we had a, a temporary interruption to a lot of our oil and gas production and distribution in the United States. And by having access to international markets on the oil side, we benefited much more quickly uh, because we're still trying to build a lot of LNG infrastructure. So we saw the natural gas prices went high in the winter after the hurricanes. 
And uh, on the other hand, oil prices came down more rapidly after the hurricanes because we were bringing in a lot more oil. So it's a, it's a diversity of resources that we're benefiting from. It's also economically efficient. Sometimes the LNG that's coming from overseas is actually cheaper for consumers than the natural gas that we would access in very difficult to access places in the United States. So it sounds like from what you're saying then, Sarah, that uh, bringing LNG in from abroad could have an impact on America's energy costs. Absolutely, could have a positive positive benefit. We're in a very uh, tight market right now in natural gas all across the United States. That's according to the Department of Energy. And what uh, bringing in LNG does is increase supplies of natural gas in the United States, and increasing supplies is something that would put downward pressure on prices. Bill, you touched on the safety mechanisms that are built into LNG ships. Are there other aspects of safety that perhaps the American consumer should know about? Because there are concerns about whether or not ships carrying large volumes of natural gas are safe. Indeed, there are a whole host of safety considerations that the industry implements. These vessels or, or ships or tankers, if you will, are designed and built according to strict codes passed by the international community for the, the International Maritime Organization. And these ships are equipped with very sophisticated monitoring devices so that even the leak the size of a pinhole would be detected and 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 measures would be taken place to ensure that that vapor does not escape the ship. Furthermore, the Coast Guard regulates the incoming vessels uh, with 92-hour notices before they make a port of call, escorts the vessel into its berthing place, checks the manifest of the crews, makes sure that all their documentation is order, uh, so that we can ensure the safe delivery of the product into the ports. What would happen if LNG leaks from one of these ships? Well, first of all, it would be highly unlikely that you would ever see a situation in which the multi-layered protection mechanisms built in these ships would ever allow for a leak. But in the event that it did occur, as rare as it might be, the LNG, once it's exposed to the atmosphere, would, would vaporize immediately and just dissipate into the air. I think it's interesting to note that we're talking about this in the hypothetical sense. In fact, there's never been a cargo loss from an LNG ship. They have a fantastically safe uh, history of shipping with uh, more than 40,000 voyages all around the world uh, over the last few decades and not a, not a single loss of ship, loss of cargo. So really a, a very safe record. An excellent point, and that equates to over 100 million miles of sea traffic in the 45-year history. So very safe uh, very robustly regulated industry. Bill, let's talk a bit about safety at the LNG facilities. What do you do there to ensure that the surrounding community is safe? The LNG facilities have to be permitted by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, which has a very extensive and robust regulatory process in place. The design of these facilities, the construction of these facilities, the daily operation of these facilities are all heavily regulated by the federal government. In addition, these facilities work hand-in-hand with the local law enforcement agencies and first responders in the community to ensure the safety and security of the plants. They are fenced patrolled and have their own private security guards on hand to prevent any breaches of the facility whatsoever. In addition, there is a robust set of regulatory requirements that provide for the safety of the surrounding community by requiring setbacks from the property line of these facilities to um, the tanks and other operational aspects. 
such as multiple containment systems. So the LNG that's stored on site, one of the requirements of the federal government is that it's actually layered within multiple containment systems. So even if one fails, then there's still you know at least one other and sometimes more ways of containing the, the fuel. Well, let's talk specifically about the LNG itself now. It's being described as a clean burning fossil fuel from everything that I've read. Is it really beneficial to the environment to use LNG over perhaps other forms of fossil energy? Sure. Using LNG is using natural gas. That's what it is. And it's uh, natural gas is clean burning, uh, emits far fewer pollutants and carbon than burning other fossil fuels. So it uh, can be used in very efficient ways. It's been very popular in recent years in the power sector because you can get very uh, efficient and clean burning uh, electricity by, by using natural gas as your fuel in a, in a power plant. So there are great environmental benefits from using liquefied natural gas and, and natural gas in general. Now, when these LNG ships come into port, they have to come into a, a particular type of facility that can then warm the LNG, correct? That is and correct. then put it into pipelines to go to consumers? That is correct. Um, how many of those facilities are in operation in the United States right now? Currently in the United States, there are five. There are four onshore facilities and one offshore facility, and there is a regasification facility in Puerto Rico as well. Are there more under consideration at this point? There are some several under consideration, and in fact, we have four under construction now in the Gulf of Mexico and one under construction off the coast of Massachusetts. Do you think, as experts in LNG, that it's beneficial to the country to have more of these facilities and import more LNG into the United States? Absolutely. Actually, the Department of Energy sees a need for more uh, natural gas import facilities, LNG import facilities in their outlook. Uh, we're going to need more imports uh, to meet growing natural gas demand in the United States. And so uh, LNG is a great way to meet that. We have traditionally imported gas uh, by pipeline from Canada, but that's leveling off the Canadians are using more natural gas. That's why the Department of Energy sees LNG playing an increasing role. And so the best thing for the American consumer, the, you know, the way to have the cheapest natural gas price is to let market forces work, let these facilities pursue the most economically efficient way of delivering natural gas to the consumers, and that'll bring the greatest benefit all around. You know, one thing people don't realize, too, we were talking about the facilities, is that actually there's, when you talk about facilities that use and store liquefied natural gas, there's more than 100 located all over the United States. But these are not just import facilities. So we have these, you know, these four or five five import facilities, but we actually use LNG in many locations around the United States to store natural gas. So it's not as unfamiliar to this country as, you know, some people might think. It's used very heavily all along the East Coast to store natural gas. Well, I want to thank you both for coming in today. Clearly, liquefied natural gas is an energy resource that is important to the United States, and it's certainly an issue that's worth watching as more of these facilities are under consideration and perhaps could be built around the country. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to Energy Tomorrow Radio. Bill and Sarah, I thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.